G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're coming at you with another episode of the Community Catch-Up and this time we've got uh, our coach for his first appearance on the podcast, DC. We're going to pick his brain about all the Eagles, the opening rounds, games and also some hot topics. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy and joined as always by Coach of the Mighty Ox Longs, Luke Rogerson. How are you, mate? Good, mate. I'm particularly excited for this episode, actually, because my mind's been racing about that West Coast backline, and I think yes. we've got a guest that might be able to clarify a few things for us. Should we get him on the screen? We should get him on the screen, and it's, it always is nice to bring some uh, some guests on with some actual credentials. and. Uh, <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe we shouldn't do it too often because people stop listening to us and uh, well, correct. <laughs> unpracticed and unapplied. Welcome ourselves. to the show, DC. How are you, mate? DC from Hatchat. I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Always good to have some new faces on. So for those of you who don't know, DC is uh, the captain as uh, he's recently been crowned of the, uh, the Hatchat boys uh, who are... Uh, one of the many uh, good quality content creators out there. So um, just straight off the top of the show, if you guys haven't already, go and check out Hat Chat. They do some really, really good stuff over there. Um, DC, um, we're going to get you on. I don't know if you've watched the uh, the Bales episode, probably only for at least a few hours ago, so maybe not. But today we're going to be picking your brain on a bunch of different topics. And in particular, uh, we like to start with a bit of a uh, you know conversation about the team that you support and unfortunately, you have the misfortune <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of supporting the West Coast Eagles. Uh, before we get into any questions, how's that been for the last few years? Uh, it's not been great, to be honest. Yeah, uh, definitely the, the worst couple of years in history to be an Eagles supporter. Um, I guess we, we've still got the 2018 flag there, which feels feels as uh, recent enough to for us to be able to still be riding on the coattails of that. But uh, yeah, last year in particular was was rough, to say the least. Mate, nothing wrong with hanging on to past premierships, mate. We're going to be riding the Tigers <laughs> ones still <laughs> to death, mate, to death. Now, like I said before, I'm particularly interested to talk about this back line because I said to Mitch um, before recording, I was actually pretty dismissive, I think, of, of the West Coast back line early on. And then as I started to listen to more and more content, I thought maybe that was the wrong reaction to have. So well, how do you see the West Coast back line sort of shaping up? And do you think that there's going to be any uh, beneficiaries from the Shannon Hearn retirement? I, I think there must be. Like the He was obviously controlled a lot of ball leaving that D50. So someone is going to have to take up some of that slack. I guess the first thing I'd say off the top is that the Eagles were second last for fantasy points last year. So mm-hmm. we're talking about a relatively small small pie. that We're talking about a certain player maybe getting a slice of that, but it's a small pie. Yeah. Um, so I think there's obviously a few obvious candidates and they've probably been spoken about. And that's going to be Alex Witherden and, and Liam Duggan. Are the two, Brady Hoff has popped up in a few pods here and there. He's probably not the one for me. I still think he's a little bit, a little bit too young to take on a lot of that key distributor re- responsibility. Yeah. I think they also like what he does from a defensive point of view. So yeah, I think those those two guys probably will take a a bit of a bump or have the potential to take a bit of a bump. 
Um, did you want me to start with with Witherden? Yeah, do you see? I think the interesting um, thing for me is we've heard a little bit of talk about Duggan and whether he gets into the midfield a little bit more. So my my leaning was towards Witherden, but how do you see that? Do you do you think it's Witherden or do you think that Duggan midfield thing it has any holds any water or what do you think around that? Yeah, I think in some ways Duggan is probably more similar to Hearn in the way he plays. Okay. Um, because Hearn obviously was a great kick. It was a long kick. He got a lot of kickouts. I, I can see Witherden getting parts of that where he's probably going to get quite a few kickouts. He'll he'll be a, a distributor, but I don't think he's the the leader and the, the general in the back line there at all. Uh, and that's really the, the role that Hearn played. He would sort of direct traffic and then the ball would funnel back through him a lot. I, I think that's probably suits Duggan's game a bit more. He's obviously the captain now as well. So, um yeah, I can see I can see with him getting a bit of a bump, but mate, he's not going to just replace her. And I think that the that responsibility is probably going to be spread across those two guys, and maybe a few others as well. So you would say that, like, you reckon the coach dug him in that role? He uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> no, it was sorry, like... sorry, you had to see that. No. Um, <laughs> we might actually have to stop recording. No, no, I no, could... we'll push through. We'll push I through. Just see, like DC's doing that Homer Simpson oh, meme, just fading <laughs> off into the background. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so used to Luke making the jokes. I'm not, yeah, uh, not sure what's going on here. I didn't throw the mission to do that. No, so throw, the to have throw, a throw the spanner. Throw the Keep you guessing. But um, <laughs> so, in terms of Alex Witherden, if we cross back over to him for a second, is sometimes people ask the question like, is is he locked into their best 22? Because he has had patches where he's been in and out of the side. And um, going back a couple of seasons ago, when he was in the Lions, his AFL fantasy, I guess, pedigree was always you know pretty up there. But his question was, okay, how much does he actually help the team? And and um, what do you think about Witherden this season? Is he someone that we can sort of feel com- confident he's going to be there week to week? Or is it still a question mark for, for him as someone that, um, if you are thinking about selecting him, you've got to take into account? No, I think for me, the, the talk of him not being best 22 has kind of been a bit overblown. Yeah, um, he played every game last year, I think, from memory. We might have missed one. Um, he's also in an age bracket that the Eagles really lack in the, that sort of mid-20s group. Yeah. We've got a lot of young players and we've got a lot of senior players, um, but are lacking those guys that are in their prime or coming into their prime. So I think for that reason, partly, he, he will play. And he definitely wasn't our worst last year. Yeah, um, no, sure. There's a lot of the guys that really had shocking years. I don't think he was necessarily one of them. Uh, it, was, it was probably his best year in some ways for the Eagles. So... Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be stressed about him being dropped unless his form really declines. That's good to hear because I, I had the same kind of thoughts when I watched uh, and I had the misfortune of watching some Eagles games last year. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, I, I thought he'd improved. I, th- I thought there was there was better signs of the other things, like the defensive things. Well, the other the, thing that you mentioned roles. previously, yeah. I think, which is good, is that it, game to game, depending on who was missing, he showed that ability to play the team role. He was um, he was guarding Buddy Buddy Hield. Uh, sorry, guarding, Hield. guarding, mate. That's <laughs> sorry, NBA, NBA. <laughs> He was gar- matching up on uh, Buddy Franklin at, at one point, I believe. Good, I Freddie, seeing, good luck so. to him. Good luck to him. Now, DC, there's one, one more bloke that I want to pick your brain about because... I find myself slowly talking myself oh, into, you're not. <laughs> into potentially looking at this guy. Talk me out of it. What's Elliot Yo's go? What's what's his go? I'm not going to talk you out of it because he's been in my team for a few weeks now. Oh, no. no. Okay, that's going to be enough. That's going to tip me over the edge. <laughs> oh, I'm dear. in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think if, if he manages to get through the full preseason, starts round one in the guts, He's got the potential. If if he doesn't get injured, he's got the potential to be a top six defender. That's 100%. Not, 
beat around the bush here. Like he's done it before. Oh. The, the only reason that he's not 30, 40% owned is because of his injury history. So yeah. if he can over overcome that, and it sounds as though he's had an excellent preseason, he came back to the club early. Um, yeah, we just need a bit of luck from him, I think, because the role sounds like it's going to be there. I think they need him in the midfield where he got belted, obviously, around the ball last year. So yeah. he's tough. He works defensively really hard as well. So, yeah. So if, if I look at the like the highest averaging players for the West Coast last season, Tim Kelly averaged 98.7, Liam Duggan averaged 96. Then the next highest was Dom Sheed at 89.6. So mm. is it like... For him to be a top six defender, he'd have to be in their top two or three scorers. Is that is that something that we are like thinking that he can do? Is that because is, I don't know? I, I have a little bit of a tough time predicting that. Yeah, I mean, but Tim Kelly, who's I would argue, I mean, your your thoughts, DC, but like he's in the same sort of area as Tim Kelly as a player in terms of uh, a fantasy scoring ability. Yeah, yeah, I would probably say Yo at his peak five years ago was better than that. I think he had a hundred and seven averaging season or something. So he was yes. he was a legit uber premium for us. Um, and I think one or two seasons there was a clear top six defender. So he's done it before. Um, it's obviously a fair while ago now. Yeah, in the middle of the season last year, he did have that four game run where quite a few people actually brought him in. He went eighty four, ninety four, ninety five, ninety eight in four games in a row playing midfield. So. That's the sort of scoring I would expect if he's able to stay fit and play that role. I, I, I would think he can average over 90, which would be obviously an excellent pick from a price at 70. Mate, you've, uh, I reckon you got me on the hook. But we'll, we'll give you a reprieve. We'll stop talking Eagles. And uh, our next little segment that we want to have a bit of a chat about is what we're calling uh, unconventional takes. So this might be something that perhaps um, you've been hearing a lot of talk about a particular player in the fantasy community. And uh, you might have a slightly different view to what you think the consensus view is for uh, this particular segment. Yeah, who's 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 the guy that you sort of are disagreeing with the sentiment out there in the AFL fantasy community, or or maybe it's for positive, maybe it's for negative, or, or anything out there that you've got a slightly different view on? Yeah, I, there's quite a few. I think a lot of them are actually those early early buy players. Like we've spoken, I've heard on multiple podcasts around um, people being surprised at the ownership of some of the players with the early buy. One that stands out to me, I think, is Kadeen Coleman. Yep. I'm not really that bullish on him at yep. all. I think. It's kind of weird. The grand final last year is almost almost like the new like preseason hype. Like the, <laughs> yeah, we love that one data point. Grand don't final we? hype. It's a single yeah. data point. Everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think yeah, for a few reasons, I, I think his time on grows time on ground is pretty low. Um, the Brisbane game style I don't think really suits high scoring in the back line. Yeah. They're not going to have a lot of ball down there because they're a, a high scoring team. Yeah. Uh, he's been a little bit injury prone if that's going to come into it as well. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons why, and, and he's not—he's also not that cheap as well. No. Like he, he's priced he, at about seventy. I think he's not—he's so. not a Zach Williams price. Like no. you know, if you're comparing those two players that have the early buys, like Zach Williams yeah. is two hundred k cheaper. So yeah, the expectations yeah. need to be two hundred k higher. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I can't see him averaging too much more than low eighties, which I think is a bit of a nothing pick at at his price because you're still probably then 10 to 15 points away yeah. from the top defenders. And, and like, I think Yo's similar price. I'd take Yo every day of the week just because of the role and the fact that we've seen it from him before, albeit a, a while ago. 
Yeah, they're all good points you make. And when you when you actually go back and dig into his scoring from last year, look, you're looking at a guy that I think from memory only went 90 plus maybe three times, um, and you'd effectively need him to average that to, to be a good pick. So I, I think you might be on the money there. Um, we'd be staying away from Kitty Coleman. Is there anyone else that you've got a you've got a differing view to some of the other um, I guess content out there or other popular perceptions or anything like that? Uh, there's no one that really jumps out. I mean, Dacos, I think is going to be a pretty divisive one as well. I yep. definitely won't won't start him. Um, we'll test but, that in a second. Can I quote? Can, can I quote an article for you that I read? I don't, this is all I've seen. Yeah. This is the article that I read about uh, Nick Dacos a couple of days ago. It says that uh, is battling groin concerns, and the article Ooh. says. Um, it's a groin stiffness he, that's, a, We don't like groin stiffness It says here And I quote He ended up on his back And touching his groin area Oh no <laughs> So I'm, I'm not sure what they're doing Down there at the pies But I I wouldn't Perhaps be late gone too far I think they have To be honest That's, uh, that's Wait more, to get home Nick That's Come more on, of mate. a Friday night operation <laughs> Than a, a trading In front of everyone So they've yeah. even got a photo here so It's sickening oh, okay. really yeah, just So I, I don't mind that Let's stay away from Nick Dacos For, for more than one reason Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Oh, I reckon he'd fit nice in the, over at the Oxlongs over there. I think well, that's... he may do. We're a bunch of sickos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on now to this next topic, which uh, we are going to be talking about some of the hottest topics in the preseason game and uh, what they could mean for our fantasy sides. <laughs> Hansel, so hot right now. Hansel. You know what is so hot right now? The forward line. The forward <laughs> line is so hot right now, or at least talking about the forward line, because there is a lot to talk about with not many concrete answers at this stage. DC, so, give me some concrete answers on the forward <laughs> line. I'm crying out well, for them, mate. Harley <laughs> Reid. Well, well, that's where we can start. Lock that one in. End of uh, list. <laughs> end list. What's, what's your approach, I guess, in general when you're looking at the forward line? Is it... Is it as I know some people like to have you know that F one like that's a, a top six. Is there uh, maybe a bit more room to go with a, a more cheap forward line full of mid prices, mm. more load up more rookies in our forward line, or what's your general I guess you know um, how you're approaching the forward line this season? Yeah, I, I see it as an opportunity really because there seems to be a lot of variance in the in the four lines I've seen being thrown around at the moment. And some people are trying to go with two or three premiums and just take what's on offer. Others are going with no premiums and trying to load up on rookies. Others are going full mid-price madness and going six mid-prices or five and, and read. It's a bit all over the place. So I kind of see it could be fairly important in deciding who is going to start well in the season. Um, so for that reason, I'm 
probably going to try and go with guys that I'm pretty confident can outperform their price. Um, does that uh, just read between the lines? There, does that yeah. sound like you're you are fading some of those guys that are a bit more to the towards the top of the line, like your McRae's, Flanders, and those sort of types? Yeah, I reckon I'll only start one of them at best at this stage, okay. probably what you would term a, a true premium. But it could change in the preseason. I think there's also, you know, if we're talking about guys being injured, I'm yeah. as concerned about someone like Jack McRae, who's just done a hamstring, and even yes. Zach Fisher, as I am with Elliot Yo, who's done a full preseason. So, yeah, no, very, um, very good points. Yeah, so I think there's there's a lot of water to go under the bridge there still. I think yeah. the practice matches are going to be vital. We obviously need to see roles for a lot of the mid prices to actually pick them, you know, thinking guys like Rochelle or McDonald, Adams, um, Fisher, if he plays, there's, there's a whole heap, Fife, Jordan. It's just a massive list yeah. of, of mid prices that people seem kind of keen on, but we haven't actually got any concrete evidence that they're going to have the roles we want. Do you kind of, um, something that I've been toying with recently is, is the concept of, um, looking at the lines independently or looking at your team as a whole, would you be a subscriber to the fact that you just pick the value wherever the value is? And if that means that your your midfield's stacked and you find your value in the forward line, that's okay? Or or do you think there's a case to be made that you really do need to look at the lines in isolation and make sure that you you have some premium Not coverage, too heavy, I guess? One and lights on the other. Yeah. What are your thoughts there? I, I think you've got to you've got to play the hand you're dealt, really. And the hand we're dealt this year is that we're light on forwards. Last year the hand we were dealt was that we yeah. the opposite and we were stacked with Fords and, yeah. and that was a, a great starting move to start with five five Ford premiums or, yeah. or five guys that ended up being keepers. So um, this year that's obviously not going to be the case. So, yeah, I think we, we've got to try and be a little bit creative there and maybe that does mean going a bit heavier in the midfield and in defence in particular because we've obviously got value in the rucks too. Um, yeah. yeah, Jesus. It'd be nice so, if we could pick one of those rucks as a Ford. That'd be yeah, nice. Grundy. I think Grundy was close from from memory. Uh, looking yeah, at the yeah. stats there, VF, we need his VFL percentage. <laughs> yeah, give us the VFL where he's trained down as a forward there. Um, before we move on to the next hot topic, just do you have any guys in particular that you are extra keen on? You know, even if it's just like you're watching them a little bit more close in the forward line um, during the preseason games. Is there any guys that you sort of got your eyes on more closely than others? Without giving away too many secrets. Well, yeah, I kind of wasn't joking with my list. It's pretty much Harley Reid is literally the only guy that hasn't left my forward line this preseason. Um, yeah, there's one. There's one maybe that's a bit bit left field that we haven't really spoken about yet. It's what we want, and people seem to be writing off. I'm not quite sure why, and that's that's Caleb Daniel. So he's actually my F one at the moment. Can you see my scars? <laughs> Can you see him through the camera? Then, yeah. I did. I got the heebie-jeebies when I hear his name. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just people have seen quite keen on McRae. Do we actually think that? Caleb Daniels yeah. any more or less likely to get mid-time than him? Well, at least he's sure he stay erect. That's the only thing. <laughs> what, where, where do you see Caleb Daniel playing? Like, where, What do you see his role being yeah. this year? Uh, I hope it's a decent chunk of midfield playing off half-back and, yeah. and switching between those two roles. So um, that would be ideal. I think he'd yeah. be a good chance of being a top, I've heard, top six, um, uh, forward if that was the case. I've heard some some rumours or, or some this comments a, recently that uh, that Bailey Dale might be playing a little Bailey bit Dale. forward. Um, oh, really? What I've heard. Uh, so I don't know if that, they do have a stacked kind of half back line. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if that yeah. allows a bit more Caleb Daniel down the back and, and playing a bit more defence. I'm not too sure if that's more just an Ed Richards yeah. kind of freeing up thing. I'm not sure, okay. but that's something that I'll, I'll be monitoring there It'll as be well. Close. I think that's a valid point, but like like you said, DC, like there's just been 
heap of talk about McRae and virtually nothing mm. about um, the mini man. I reckon so. the Ballarat uh, game in, is it is it round two? I think he turned up there last year, didn't he? Did he? I have to go check that. Wow. I've got a feeling okay. he turned up there. The I'll have to research no. that because I'm just I just think twenty twenty. So I might have to get my stats right with that one. Let's talk about the next hot topic, which is of course the early round buys mm. and the. The new structure that we haven't dealt with before, obviously the price movement after um, the first round, but taking into account the opening round scores. What's your general um, approach to these early on, I guess, um, you know, the first time we're going through something like this uh, in 2024? Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty similar to what you guys have already spoken about on some of your previous episodes, I think. There seems to be a reasonable amount of consensus among the content creators on this in that you need to minimise the premiums with the early buyers, particularly rounds two and three. You know, low-end mid-prices is probably fine um, and you're trying to get them, obviously, for that that quick cash gen after round one. Yeah. Um, and maybe, yeah, if you've got a value premium or a, a high-end mid-price, so five and six is okay as well. So, obviously, guys like Grundy in that bracket, maybe a Taylor Adams as well. There's a few. Um, and I've had some in my team, but I, uh, but I am trying to minimize it. Yeah. Do you have a line in terms of, like, I'm looking particularly at that round five where we've got Sydney... We've also got uh, who's the other team on that that buy? Um, uh, I was going to say blank. Collingwood, but Collingwood's six. No, no, Collingwood is that is that it one? Is yes, so Dagon's got the five. So is is there a line in terms of like how many is too many on that one round? Because I know a lot of people might have like yeah. a James Jordan, a Taylor Adams, yeah. a Nick Dacos, Grundy. So Grundy, all in the same team. Like, is is three okay? Is that too many? Do you want to go two or less? Or what's your thought around that? I think it depends on how many you plan to still have after that buy. So if you start a James Jordan and you think you can trade him out after four rounds or effectively five price rises, Mm -hmm. then maybe that's an okay move. Um, And you can start with with him. You might want to start with Adams and you might want to start with a Grundy. And even a day cost, maybe you could get away with three if you you plan to trade one out. but yeah, if, if you're planning to to keep them all post by, I wouldn't go any more than three, for yeah. sure. It's I almost, certainly, I almost think two. Like it certainly yeah. becomes that that thing as well, where like when you start to project these, I'll trade this guy this round. I'll trade. Yeah, you, you just know that what's, the fantasy the gods saying? are going to smite you until you're smacked in the face the week before or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm sketchy at all that stuff. Yeah, it is. It's a, a week is a long time in AFL fantasy, let oh, alone we, we four know. weeks. So, we yeah. uh, all right, let's move on to the next topic here. And oh. talking about the early buy rounds, we are going to give you some hypothetical situations here. DC, some popular players in the first uh, that are playing in the opening round, so they do have early buys. We're going to give you effectively a made-up score that they do in in opening round, and also their role, whether it's kick-in, CBAs, or, or whatever have you. So, Mitch uh, has even gone through and bumped up a few of these numbers. Yeah, I've made them, make, some of them make a little it bit extra spicy. So we'll see how we go. All right, uh, let's start with the first one. So the popular man, uh, Nick Dacos. Let's say he comes out opening round. He scores a 135. He's got 70% uh, in the midfield, so he's effectively uh, an inside mid only. Does this uh, change your mind? You said before you're not going to start him, but if he comes out and scores a 135, (laughs) does that budge you? No, I don't think so because it it does actually change your thinking at all. We we always know he can score a 135. It doesn't mean he's going to do it every week. 
Yeah, um, I, I had to remind people last year, and I probably should remind people, you don't actually get those points. <laughs> they don't get added onto his score later. Is that not how it works? Yeah, no, it actually... So I've been playing wrong this whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, no, they don't get the points. Good, I would have won a hat if I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do that, get the cash gen this year, though. So uh, You do. So we get part of it. Mm-hmm. Part of a little bit, but we, I don't think we're picking Dacos for cash gen. You stayed strong to your convictions there, which I, I rate DC, even though Mitch tried to tempt you with a huge number. <laughs> but I feel like I, I know the answer to this next one, but I'll give it to you anyway. Kitty Coleman... 95, 40% kick-ins. Are we still going no dice? Yeah, I'm still saying no. I think that the reason why I'm not keen on him is uh, the low floor. So just yes. because he bumps a decent score doesn't mean he can't come out the next week and drop a 60. Couldn't agree more. Who we got next, Mitch? Next guy is his defender, mid-price, you know, I guess, guy that people have instead of him is a Zach Williams, a similar uh, round two buy. But he comes out, he has a 78 uh, and 0% kick-in. So he's obviously a lot cheaper. 78, is this not enough for you to start the guy who a lot of people have in their teams at the moment? No, that would be enough because it's still close to 30 points upside on his starting price for me. And you're picking him as a, a quick cash-gen kind of move. He's, he's not going to be in your team long-term. So yeah. I think that that's fine for, for me to start him. Hopefully you can make a couple of hundred K over the first month and then flick him on. In that scenario... That score down for the next guest. <laughs> in, well, in that scenario, would the zero percent kick ins worry you at all? Would you sort of see that as, oh, hang on, I would expect yeah, it is maybe he a guy that we, we, we need him to have kick ins, yeah. or is um, I don't know, uh, it's a good question. It probably, it probably depends on who else is in the back line, doesn't it? If Doherty's yeah. playing back, then maybe that affects his role a bit. If he's up on a wing, you know, if, if Newman takes 100 percent of the kick ins, it might depend on who's ahead of him. Yeah, bit of a watch. I right. imagine Saad's still there, so yeah, I don't yep. expect him to have a huge uh, share of the kick-ins, yeah. but yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, next guy. Next guy. We are going, Tom Green is going to give you a 135, 85% CBAs, and then he's going to go take on North Melbourne, West Coast, and then you can flick him to Sam Walsh. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> uh, yeah, you make it kind of tempting just with those two games, but... Um, no, kind of similar answer to Dacos. Like we, yeah. we, he had eighty plus percent CBAs last year yeah. anyway, so nothing's nice changed there. And he's and he's obviously shown that he can put up big scores. So no, nah. you are a man of conviction, mate. Yeah, I, yeah. I like it, but we're trying to tempt you. No, we're trying to reel you. No <laughs> stuttering at all from the great man. I reckon some of these next ones are a little bit more tempting though. But Sam Walsh, he's a he's a very popular player, and I I would say that if he wasn't an early round buy player, he'd be sitting on my team right now. But he comes out in round zero and scores a one twenty five. On 65% CBAs, are you tempted? It's probably more tempting than the, than the other two just because yeah. of the price. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's multiple guys priced under 100 or between 90 and 100 that I think could match him or, or average more than him that don't have the early buy. So, so do you so, think it, it depends on what you've seen prior to that point from those players? Like, say, you know, potentially, you know, like a Jack Steele or like an LDU, yeah. say if they yeah. haven't looked as you wanted to in the preseason games and then Sam Walsh does do that and maybe that makes it more tempting? Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, I think with LDU and Steele, I would say they're pretty clearly going to be the number one midfielders at their clubs. Yeah. You maybe debate that Crouch is there with Steele as well, but I couldn't say that about Walsh. I think there's a handful of other guys that could take a lot of that, in, uh, that uh, inside time away from him. Yeah. He obviously spent a lot of time last year playing off half forward and then pushing into stoppage, which... You know, it's fine as a role, but might just limit his ceiling a little bit. 
from memory as well, I might be absolutely butchering this, but when he did come back for a patch and Carlton were going really well... Yeah, towards the end of the season, before finals, because he played well in finals, yeah, but the end of the home away, he was scoring poorly, but Carlton were playing very well. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, you always That's always something I think interesting for me when the team's playing well. It's That's when you want to watch these guys and... You know, yeah. That's what they want to be doing. So, let's head over to the rucks. Okay, now this this is a good one because I want to get a little bit of insight into your ruck philosophy uh, this year. Maxi Gorn comes out round zero, gives you the straight hunge, and obviously I've got eighty percent CBAs here, but we expect yeah. him to be that and more. So the hundred would it do it for you? Yeah, I think so. I'd, I'd back in that that role again. So yeah, less less bothered about the school for him and more about the role, which we know should be solid. Yeah, he could be the he could be the pick of the year, I reckon. Going, Man, I, you know what I thought about uh, Maxwell, and I'm I'm all in on him. Uh, Brody Grundy, his ex teammate, comes in against Max Gorn in opening round, and he scores a 79. He has the 80% CBA, so he's by far and away the sole and, and number one ruck. But scores a 79. Is that enough for you to maybe turn to a different option? Oh, not unless we see Cherry absolutely brain it in yeah. the brain in it. the preseason Take a matches. Shot. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> Fill into my own cliche. Uh, <laughs> How many times you touch that mic, Luke? <laughs> Bag- oh, bagels, mate. It's a performed man. Restraint. But yeah, yeah. okay. So Let, it depends on the I'd still start him. I'd okay. still start, I think. So, you're, so if I'm reading between the lines, is your starting rock combination at the moment Gorn Grundy, if you don't mind revealing? It is, it yeah. Is. Yeah, yeah. Ch- Cherry's clearly the, the third option, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I just like the idea of Gorn potentially being there for the whole year. Yeah, it must. Um, I haven't played for enough years, but it must feel nice for some people to go to a Gorn Grundy combination and just like <laughs> oh, remedy yeah, some yeah, old times. Well, there's after those two, years. and then we're talking about Fife in the midfield. We're talking about Elliot. Oh, Yo, what, what year is it? 2015. Far out. Okay, tripped down memory lane. Oh man, I like um, it. I like it. Let's go to the, the forward line now. And Sam Flanders comes out. He has a 50% CBA role and scores you a flat 100. Are you tempted to go with this player? And here? have you heard about the moist run? As well, <laughs> have, have we publicised that enough? Because that's yeah. blowing my mind. Uh, yeah, I, did, I actually did the uh, the episode with Bales on Flanders and McRae, so we discussed oh. him a bit. But um, no, it wouldn't be enough. Uh, okay. uh, the run doesn't scare me a huge amount, but we we do want to see a really cushy roll there. I do think maybe he overperformed a touch to finish last year. I, I'm not expecting him to come out and average 110 this year. Yeah, especially. I mean, you say overperformed. Like when you're doing what he did at the end of the last year with what was it? Was it less than? 30 I think he had CBA? like 35 percent yeah. CBAs, 30, and he did, he did 100, over, 105. I think that's yeah. overperforming. I think. I think you've yeah. called that one pretty well. He's a guy that I had in to start with, but the more I hear, the more research I do, the more he drifts away from the Oxlongs. Yeah, he made his mate back into my team this afternoon. Oh, has he? Uh, so <laughs> let's go on to the last player of this uh, this opening round roulette. Taylor Adams, he comes out, he scores the 95, but he only has 50% CBAs in this game. Is that, are you leaning on the score there or are you looking at those 50%, 50% CBAs and thinking that's not enough? Oh, this this is probably the toughest one, I think. I've, I've really been torn on Adams because on one hand, we're lacking forward line premium options. He might get close enough to them. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't think he averages something like 95 for the year. I think he's more likely to be somewhere in the 80s if you look at... Parker last year, I think he was under 90 for an average. Yep. Yeah, you know, I don't really see how Adams is going to do much better than that if they're playing the same game style. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go with the crowd on that one. If he ends up being really popular because he goes well in round zero, I'll, I'll probably go with the crowd. Yeah, all right. Doing, doing the Luke Rogerson, following the crowd. Vanilla, mate. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Now, before we go to this next segment, can I just say we've got DC on, but... 
at the moment he's been a marvel of scarce. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wrote well that done. one down. That took me all afternoon. <laughs> you, you jokes remind me of uh, my fellow hat chatter, Jake, and his seasons. Like, you know they're going to be shit, but it's still funny. <laughs> and there's the wind-up, which always anyway. looks at yeah, me. Yeah, He's yeah. like, fuck, I can always what's tell what's happening. I had to get a bit of DC Marvel gear in there. So. Let's, let's talk about uh, a couple of locks, or, or at least one lock. Give us one player in your team, uh, maybe outside of the obvious picks and the McCurches and the, and the Harley Reeds, as, as much yeah. as they are locks in our team. But give us someone outside of those boys that hasn't left your team all preseason. Hayden Young, here we go. Yeah, Hayden Young's one of them. Um, I did a count earlier. There's actually only four outside of the rookies. So okay. I had him, him, Grundy, Steele, and LDU. There you go. That bodes there well. They've been getting yeah. around at Oxlong training, so that yeah. bodes well. I'm, I've, I've got three of the four. Beautiful. Just yeah. demonstrates that the uh, the preseason goes way too long because I've spent <laughs> way too long just fiddling around with my team. It's like a cloud car. Just yeah. everyone's just out. Yeah. Everyone's out. Everyone's <laughs> in. Yeah, no, that's good. That's strong, though. I, I do think uh, a lot of those options are very, very good, and I think... Um, yeah, they've definitely all spent time in my team. I haven't, what, I haven't asked, just out of interest, I haven't asked you this question. Is there anyone that DC didn't mention that has not left your team? You, uh, Butters, who has not left my team? Zach Butters has not left my team. Okay. Um, He's probably been in mine for 90% of it already. Yeah, probably the, uh, that one. I've had... Tom Stewart's been there for a lot, but he sometimes I, I have a look at other other different things. So mm. uh, maybe Heath Chapman. Heath Chapman's also sat Chappie. there, He's been but I'm, I'm not locked into it. It just kind of fits a nice price point, but Great. I'll have to wait and see. Uh, what about um, just someone that you're watching extra closely in preseason matches, opening rounds, whatever it may be, just a, or, or a team even a midfield yeah. rotation? Is there something that you've got your eye on in particular? I think it's a lot of those Ford guys that we spoke about earlier. I think that's where the season could be won and lost, to be honest, is if you can nail Ford picks or if there is any Ford picks to nail. Um, in terms of – I've wrote down which teams I'm most interested in, mainly to look at uh, the midfield mix. So I've gone with Adelaide. I think yeah. is it going to be Rochelle or Crouch? Sure. Does it affect Dawson is the other one. Uh, Hawthorne, obviously day out. Can you come take another step? Does McDonald or, or Ward take take a bump on McKenzie? Uh, Bulldogs is McRae in there? Is is Caleb Daniel in there? Is Bont still doing the same things? Like there's there's quite a few questions there. Uh, Frio, how are they going to fit Fife in? Sounds as though Matt Johnson's had a really good preseason as well. Mm. There's a, a few more mouths in there potentially this year. Hayden Young obviously moving in full time. Um, then obviously Sydney with Adams going there, Grundy going there. What do they look like? Again, a lot of mouths to feed. And last one to be Port, who, who's the number one ruck there. Uh, does Ollie Wines actually get more midfield time? What does that do to Butters and Rosie? So I think they're the teams to me that are most interesting. I'm sure there's a few others I've missed, though. Oh, I think there's a, a good list. And, uh, yeah, luckily we've got a couple of couple of fans of a few of these pods, uh, a few of these teams coming on the show to talk about them. This is unrelated, but it's good to be able to talk to someone who knows their stuff um, for a change. What you, <laughs> you mentioned? I'm right here. You mentioned Port Adelaide um, ruck mix. Talk to me about Jordan Sweet. What are your thoughts there? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I did like. I think it was Louis' point uh, on the Pod Pod a day or so ago about the fact that they're already a quite a tall side. Yeah, I did. Listen so to that, yeah, yeah. If that would suggest that they're probably only going to go with the one ruck. So if it is sweet, then you're probably worrying about Soldo taking you to spot if he has a bad game. If it is Soldo, then you're obviously not picking sweet. So. Would you pick him at R3, you reckon, if he had that Soldo ruck spot, or would that be a bit too 
Yeah, so we we discussed this on our on our first pod of the year a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I was initially quite against it, but since thinking about it with having Gorn and Grunding in the team, it does give you a nice option there to make sure you've got an extra player for that round. So yeah. Yeah. I don't mind it, but it would, geez, it would make me nervous if he's solo and you've got Ivan Solo sitting on the sidelines yeah. Yeah. waiting to up. get in. Yeah. yeah, and that's the other thing is obviously like we want him to be there to cover rounds five and round six, but if they are going solo and, and you've got to play like a solo bar, or solder, both, uh, and um, you know, is he going to be there? Like, he's going to be there for round six, and you've, you've invested all this money for oh, him to cover, yeah. and he's not even there like that. I, the, I could see a scenario where that happens. The reason why I wasn't keen on it initially is, is just because of the price, like the three hundred and eighty k. You're still primarily picking him as a cash champ yes. player. Yeah. So to me, it says, well, if you're going to spend three hundred and eighty k on your bench. He really needs to make more than 180k. Otherwise, you may as well just go on a 200k ruck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 100%. true. Yeah, it's what you. What you it's definitely something that I'll, I'll be considering as well. Um, yeah. And and maybe that does affect whether I do go the the Grundy or Gorn if I go a, a Cherry in there, just so I don't have to worry about it quite as much. All right, let's move on to the last segment here. We've got a couple of rapid fire questions coming your way, so. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. Just go, you know, channel your inner Nathan, you know, just jump in there. And uh, we, we had to be closed off that part of me. <laughs> probably a wise move. We had, we probably should have put Bales on the clock, I think. Bales took some liberties. We, they, we said rapid fire questions and he's given it the, the arm. All right, the so arse. first thing that comes to your head, rapid fire questions. Uh, let's go. First uh, question, predict the highest averaging player for 2024. Jordan Dawson. Nice, I love nice. that one. Okay, uh, biggest improvement from last season, points-wise? Oh, George Wardlaw. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, Pre- uh, who's going to win the premiership? Can't say Eagles. Carl- oh, Carlton. Carlton. Oh, two for two for Carlton. Yeah, that actually yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That pains me being a Richmond supporter. Yeah. Okay, uh, wooden spoon prediction. You can say Eagles. Not West Coast. Yeah, nice. I like that. Just go with the field. Back to field. <laughs> Not West Coast. Uh, would you rather win another hat uh, or your team win another premiership? Uh, another hat. Oh, I, I like it. Honesty. Premiership's a fair way off at the moment. <laughs> Just go for the re- the realistic one. Uh, tomato sauce, fridge or cupboard? Uh, in, in Australia, it's got to be in the fridge. Yeah, yeah absolutely nice. the right Great answer. Call. Toilet paper over or under? <laughs> Definitely over. Nice. I don't know. If, if anyone says under, I might have to stop the recording. <laughs> <Just end. laughs> I'm not sure about it. Uh, who wins the Content Creators Cup in 2024? Me. Oh, nice. I love it. Back yourself in. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Definitely not. Horrible. Absolutely. Horrible idea. <laughs> Back you in there. And the last one to get you thinking, does a straw have two holes or one? <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh, you, you said the one. I'm still backing well, it. Here, here my, oh, here my logic. That's it. Here my logic, DC. I said to Mitch last time, I said, if I was going to tunnel out of prison, how many holes would I dig? If I close, one if I I close I? one of the holes, do I still have one hole? Huh? Yes. <laughs> so then I must have had two to start with, right? Oh, one just caused one end of the hole. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, hole. I think you're on the money there. <laughs> well, d- decisive too, which decisive, I Decisive, yeah. Like they're very, very, very decisive. And I love the backing yourself for the Content Creators <laughs> Cup. Let us know, DC, what's uh, what's happening over at uh, Hat Chat? And uh, do you have anything else that you want to plug? And where can everyone find all the great uh, content that you put out over there? Yeah, we're back into weekly podcasts now. So usually the pod's out Monday night or Tuesday. Um, 
yeah, a few more episodes, obviously, prior to the game starting up, and then we'll be going weekly all the way through to the end of the season. We'll probably start our Wednesday night live spaces again as well once we start getting some games, so that'll be maybe a month off. Uh, anything else to plug? Uh, we've got the the live show coming up in Adelaide for, for Gather Round. Oh, yes, as well, yes, so. you'll be there. Awesome. Yeah, so that's going to be April 5th, I believe, Friday, April 5th. Um, there's going to be Jake and myself from Hat Chat. Uh, Louis and Doss from Pod Pod Warn. He's going to be there, obviously, from the Traders, and then Hef and K's from the Keeper League. So, ah, the all star, all star yeah. weekend over at our gather round for the Bloody, content creators. We stuffed ourselves up there. We we didn't book quick enough, and we're going to be sitting in Brisbane, bloody, wishing we were there. So. Eggs on our face, uh, but yeah, no, we will. Uh, we'll definitely. Uh, if if you if you Pretty are in Adelaide that weekend, definitely head along. I think that'll be a good fun for yeah. fantasy enthusiasts. Uh, thank you very much, DC, for jumping on the show for the first time. Make sure you guys do go check out Hat Chat on all the podcast platforms and uh, follow DC on Twitter and uh, tune into their uh, live uh, spaces on the uh, the Wednesday nights when they do come out. Make sure if you have enjoyed these podcasts, give this one a big old thumbs up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're near. We're Edging closer to that 2,000 subscriber mark. We cracked the 1,700 uh, just the other day. So let's get us to 2K. And until next time, guys, we'll see you later. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.